if if you could learn one thing from me, I guess, just to not only to be informed, but also like th- these are some of not all of, but s- some of the worst case scenarios. So stick up for yourself. Welcome to the Birth Journeys Podcast. It is my belief that our birth journey has a lasting impact that goes far beyond delivery. It is my hope that through these stories, you would find the insight, tools, and the courage to go on and have your own positive and empowering birth journey. Just as a reminder, any information you hear on this podcast is meant to inform and encourage you on your birth journey and not intended to replace advice from your medical professional. Welcome back to the Birth Journeys podcast. Today we have Emery on and she's going to be sharing her story with us. Hi, Emery. Why don't you start out by telling us a little bit about yourself? Hi, um, I'm Emery. Uh, I'm a mom to three little people. I have a seven-year-old, a four-year-old, and a one-year-old. Um, I homeschool them. I, my husband's in the military, so that is a little crazy sometimes. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much the gist of me. Mm-hmm. So where do you like to say that your birth journey begins? Um, I have pretty much always, um, wanted to be a mom. I remember, uh, my mom is a, was a stay at home mom my entire life. I grew up in the military, so that is pretty standard. I feel like more so in the military than any other kind of life situation. Um, but I was always telling my mom, when I grow up, I just want to be a mom. And mm. and I am now. Um, I, My husband and I went to high school together, but we were not high school sweethearts. We just knew each other um, after a long, it's a long story, but we got married (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, to make that very short and he joined the military literally a month later oh wow um so we got married we spent like two weeks together as a married couple and then he went to basic training Mm. and after basic training I was in school at the time um trying to be a hairdresser I hated it but that's (laughs) Besides the point, um, as soon as he was posted at his first duty station, he got there and they told him that he was deploying like a month later. Um, So I pushed pause on school and moved up there to spend that month with him. And um, probably like two weeks in, we went to go visit his family. I met all of his family for the first time after we were married. Oh, wow. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And uh, while we were there, we went, his family's from Minnesota. We went to the Mall of America. Do you know, um, like, what that is? It's just like a super mega mall. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There's, like, an amusement park in in the basement, Nickelodeon whatever town. I don't know. I'm a, I'm a, my family 
like grew up going to amusement parks, so I love a good roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Um, but I we went on one roller coaster and I was so sick, like immediately so sick, which has never happened to me in my life ever before. And I remember calling my mom being like, you will not believe this. I got so sick after a roller coaster. And she's like, you're pregnant. I just know it. (laughs) You're pregnant. I was like, mom, there's no way. How do you, how do you even know this? There's, there's no way. I was, I was. Wow. Um, And that was my first morning sickness apparently was triggered by the roller coaster and the (laughs) long drive we drove from New York to Minnesota. I do remember feeling car sick, but that was not abnormal for me. Um, so yeah, that's how that started. We, (laughs) we got home and took a pregnancy test and my husband left a week later. Wow. (laughs) That's quite the story. So that was, was it like a surprise or were you open to, to having a baby? I think we were open to having a baby, but I don't think that we were expecting it to be like a fast thing at all. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was. (laughs) Surprise. Surprise. That all worked out. Yeah. So how long was he deployed for? Did you have to go through a lot of your pregnancy alone or what did that look like? Um, he was deployed for nine months. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, yeah. So he left when I was like a month, a month and a half pregnant, like four, six weeks, something like that. Mm-hmm. And he got home a month after our first daughter was born. Oh, so, so yeah, he, you really went all by yourself. <laughs> yeah, he missed it all. Oh, man. Oh, so what kind of prenatal care did you choose for your pregnancy? Um, I was pretty unaware that anything other than the hospital even existed. Like, I knew that people decided to give birth at home sometimes, but that was pretty, like, very crunchy, in my opinion. Like, mm-hmm. that was never even I did want to do everything naturally though I did a lot of research about like essential oils and prepping your body for labor all that kind of stuff but I chose like the regular the standard hospital OB kind of care mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so how how was that care and how was your pro- um, pregnancy um so in the military so I, I went home to um, to live with my parents while my husband was deployed. So mm-hmm. they my dad was living, working at Fort Meade, which is in Maryland. Um, so my, my care was at the military hospital in Virginia, the Walter Reed Medical Center. It's like the the largest military hospital there is. Um, so with military care, with like TRICARE is our insurance, you don't really get that much of a say, it feels like. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you make your prenatal appointments, you are you see somebody different every single time. 
And then when you go into labor, you just get whoever is on call at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was fine. Um, I feel like I have a pretty go with the flow attitude about a lot of things. So I was like, this is just the way that it is. Mm-hmm. It'll, it'll all work out in the end. So, um, I don't remember anything about my care throughout my pregnancy being hard or difficult. You know, I was my first baby. I looked forward to all of the appointments. Just ask all the questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's pretty common for, especially first babies to just kind of, unless you're like kind of exposed to birth culture beforehand, I think it's just pretty normal to just kind of go with the standard, you know, what everyone else does or what, you know, what we're kind of taught to do in the media or like, you know, just yeah. sort of a medicalized um, culture. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's just how it birth is. it, you know, how birth is viewed. Um, yeah. Just, that's just how it is. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So how was it like going through your whole pregnancy without your husband there? Um, that was pretty much the hardest. I don't, I don't even know if it was the hardest part. I was just kind of used to it, you know, as a military mm-hmm. brat, like this is, this is how it goes. We'll survive. But, mm-hmm. um, but pregnancy was very new to me. So obviously it was a first time mom. So I feel like the symptoms what were harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you had your family to kind of support you through that, too. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't imagine if you had to, like, if you had stayed wherever you were with, you know, like, and you didn't have that support. Like, at least you had something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I could not have imagined doing it any other way. I think just, like, it's really isolating as a military spouse when you first move somewhere. You... Mm -hmm have to start completely over every single time. And I've discovered since having kids that um, being in the military community with kids is a lot easier. Oh, yeah. Because your kids, like, want to get out and do things. So you are forced to kind of make mom friends before you make, you know, friends for yourself. Like, your kids are making friends, and you're like, okay, we can we can hang out. This will be good. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, that helps. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you feel during your pregnancy? Did you deal with any morning sickness or any issues? I, I The only real issue was morning sickness, even if you can even call that really an issue. You know, it's yeah. normal, but it was pretty bad. I remember for the first, like, four months, I just would throw everything up. Um. I kind of brought it up at one of my prenatal appointments, like, I am, like, really, really sick. And she's kind of said, that's normal. You're pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's like, okay, as long as it's normal, we're good. But I think in hindsight, I probably would have been, it probably would have been helpful to, like, go in and get some fluids at, at a couple points mm-hmm. in my pregnancy. Yeah. That wasn't something they offered you at all? Nope. I mean, no. As, you know, after a couple pregnancies, they're like, do you want any medication? And I think because my first pregnancy was so 
bad morning sickness wise and I knew that I could get through it, I was kind of like, well, I didn't do it with that one. So it'll be fine. But yeah, forgot, you know, medicated or fluids or anything. Mm -hmm. But yeah. So how far along were you when you went into labor? Um, so I noticed the day before my due date that, um, I thought I was kind of leaking that morning. And so I had had, um, an appointment, like my 40 week appointment was at 39 and six, you know, the day before my due date anyway. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I'm just going to hold off and go into my appointment. And we went in and I was just like, by the way, I feel like there's a little bit of fluid, but I could be peeing. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I feel so massive. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and she tested it and it was fluid. So that is how that all started. They just admitted me right away. Wow. So what did they, like what then happened? Did you end up having to get induced or were you able to go into labor naturally? So, um, they pretty much did not give me any options. I feel like they had just kind of said, we want you to have this baby within 24 hours. So they immediately put me on Pitocin. Mm. Um, and I didn't really know what anything meant at that yeah. point. It was mm -hmm. a pretty young first time mom. I was, I was only like 19 yeah. when I was having that baby. So I, um, they admitted me and put me on Pitocin right away, immediately. Wow. Um, yeah. And so over the, the course of that day, nothing was happening. Um, and so they just kept turning it up and up and up. I know, like, as I'm telling this, I'm like, it's so terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Why did they do that? But Yeah. So Pitocin all day long. Um, in the evening time, my water kind of gushed on its own. And up until that point, I was like playing cards and having a grand old time. Like if this is labor, this is, this is, <laughs> this is so easy, you know? And like, we're watching the contraction timer. I was like, oh, okay, that is or the monitor, like, oh, that's a contraction. Okay, I can do this. This is no big deal. Um, and then my water broke for real. And it was like, okay, this is, this is game time. I get it now. Um, <laughs> so things got really way more intense um, after that. So did you not have an epidural or anything? Not, not at this point. Um okay. I, for hours, I remember my, my mom was there, you know, the only other person in the room, my support person, and my husband was on Skype um, while I was laboring, you know, and um, everybody is telling me now, you were like climbing up the wall. Um, you, <laughs> I remember being like hugging the back of the bed completely naked like this is so bad oh um i i made it to eight centimeters and it was like four in the morning 
at that point. And they, the nurse came in and was like, listen, I really think that you need an epidural to, to rest. I just, I think that that would be best for you. So I got, I got the epidural. Um, yeah. And slept for like five hours. I got the epidural so that I could rest. And my husband who is overseas also is like, all right, if you're gonna, if you're gonna sleep, I'm gonna go sleep for a little bit because he had been up for over, well over 24 hours at that point because, mm. like a night shift of something military related. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then, yeah, I got the epidural. Oops. Um, and rested for a nice little minute. Um, around eight or nine o'clock, um, I woke up because I was just like back in excruciating pain, like before mm. the epidural. And, um, we called the nurse in and she was like, well, I told you to push the button. I was like, what, what button? What are you talking about? Oh, no. I have no idea. <laughs> um, but apparently they had wanted me to they continue to push the button for more epidural. I had no idea that this was a thing. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, back to no epidural. And they got it all situated, so there was more medicine or whatever. Um, but, yeah. Um, but they checked me, and I was at 10 at that point. So they were like, well, is mine as well? start doing stuff. Um, so I also forgot to mention that when my water had gushed, there was a little bit of meconium in my fluid. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't know if that really scared them or what. Um, but pretty much the entire time I was laboring previous to getting an epidural, they would not let me leave the bed. They, um, they had told me that because there was meconium, they wanted a monitor on me the entire time. And they, um, pretty much every time I moved, they came in and was like, oh, we're not seeing it. We need you to just lay still. Oh, shoot. <laughs> I'm like, but my, but my, but my birth plan was for me to walk around and mm -hmm. sit on the ball. And they were like, nope, you need to lay here. So that was, that was part of, I think, why labor was so hard, because mm -hmm. um, they wouldn't let me do anything to relieve yeah. any kind of pressure or pain or anything like that. Oh, shoot, that sounds hard. <laughs> uh, to be confined to the bed when, like, it's so important to be up and moving during labor. and Yeah. Ugh. I mean, I understand, obviously, you know, if there's the meconium in the water, they want to, you know, keep an eye on baby. That's obviously understandable. But even then, like, the need for continuous monitoring isn't really necessary even in that situation. So it's, right. like, so frustrating that that's something that a lot of times they're going to push. Yeah. I uh, feel like I, I feel like I know more now. Um mm -hmm. My mom is, has been, is a birth assistant right now in South Florida and is pursuing like her nurse midwife 
um, license stuff oh, like cool. that. So she's she is she is almost more mad, if not, I mean, maybe the same. I don't know about my first labor because she was the support person who was there and now knows things too. And is like, they should not have put you on Pitocin. They have let you move. They should let you move around. Um, yeah, there's just so much. I, Mm -hmm. I, I have regrets. I think about that labor because I didn't, you stick up for myself. You know what I mean? Like but I, if you don't know, you know, you can't, you know, you can't beat yourself up for that. Cause I was the same exact way. Like I went into my first birth completely blind and like had the same thing, the cascade of interventions that, you know, and then I had a C-section and it was just like, I, I do kind of the same thing. I'm like, Oh, if I had just known, but like you didn't. And that's how you learn. Right. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. I guess so. I guess so. I, yep. That's yeah. true. So I always like look back and I'm like, well, if that stuff hadn't happened to me, like I wouldn't be where I am today and like know what I am, like where I am today. And, um, like my opinions of birth have vastly changed over, you know, the past nine years. Um, but yeah, so it's like, it sucks that like some women have to go through that and like, you know, um, cause then that kind of can add lingering trauma. And <laughs> a lot of times yeah. people don't even realize that it's from that, like, you know, like they don't connect, like, why do I feel this way to their birth experience? And then, yeah, cause I'm, yeah, it's just, it can just lead to a whole bunch of things, but then it's like this is awesome that you get to come on and share your story and you know what you've learned. And then now other women are going to hear this and be like, Oh, okay. Well, I didn't know that either. So I'm glad I heard her, her say that. So yes, your whole podcast is very inspiring. I feel like to listen to other people's stories and been like, Oh man, you did this, this, and this. And like that changed the game for your whole labor. You know what I mean? So it's been awesome to, to listen to I feel like for me thanks (laughs) Um, but anyways off the rabbit trail and back to your story (laughs) um so anyways what what happened next um so they wanted me to start pushing um Mm -hmm. it was probably like 10 I think maybe 9 30 10 o'clock ish um so I did um felt like absolutely nothing because I had the epidural so Mm. no idea if I was even doing it right um but that all seemed to be standard except towards the end I don't know if they got impatient or what there seemed to be nothing emergent um but they cut me twice so um I've I've talked about this you know a lot with my mom Um, and she was kind of like, I still to this day have no idea why they, why they did that. Like it, there was nothing, there was, seemed to be no emergencies. Her heart rate seemed to be fine. Um, but they did, they cut me diagonally. I don't even remember them saying anything. Um, they, they may have been like, okay, we're going to cut you now. But my mom is like, nope, they didn't even tell you what was happening. I think the fact, 
Ugh. And they that makes me mad. <laughs> yes. So mad. Yeah, it makes me mad too. Trust me. Um, but they cut me diagonally, um, which is apparently a thing to reduce the chance of tearing all the way through. Um, so they cut me into my thigh muscle um, on my left side. And um, so she eventually came. Um, but I had that episiotomy tear. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So she was healthy. Um, she, there was no like trouble with meconium for her. Um, like it wasn't in her airways or anything. Um, and she had zero jaundice. They, she was so pink. They, the, the nurse was like, I have never seen this read zero on a baby before. Normally it's at least like a one or something. But we joked about that, that she was like a little jelly bean because she came out <laughs> totally pink. Um, yeah. So that was, she was, she was born. <laughs> oh, man. I, 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 that episiotomies make me so mad to begin with (laughs) and like but the fact that a doctor wouldn't ask for consent to do something like that it oh it just I've ranted before so I won't rant again (laughs) (laughs) oh man I'm so sorry that happened to you just no it's okay I mean it's not but but it's not your fault yeah it's okay yeah um I had I had asked the doctor early on, earlier in my labor if um, they could, like, be stretching my perineum with oils, um, like, when I was getting ready to push or whatever. And mm-hmm. um, they also would not do that. Um, I asked if my mom could do it since we were unwilling and they were like, absolutely not. Really? I know. Um, and I couldn't reach even a little bit at that point I felt so enormous um but yeah so that was another thing that I was like I did know that and they Mm -hmm. said they said no wow so yeah so how was your immediate postpartum then with all that Um, going on (laughs) so after they stitched me up it took forever I felt like um but they let me do skin to skin. Their idea of a delayed cord clamping was like, good job, you did it. Okay, we've waited, we've counted to 10. So let's clip, let's, you know, do the cord now. Um, but um, after they were getting ready to move me, I had my first bowel movement then instead of like even a short time later. And I remember feeling like, okay, stuff is happening down there and I'm in so much pain again. Um, uh, but as we're leaving the hospital, you know, like the whole next day, I'm like, listen, I'm in so much pain. Please, please somebody check me. And they would not check me in the hospital. Um, my stitches at all. They, they told me that it was normal. 
and you're gonna be in pain. You got um, you got stitches. Um, so they did not check me before I left the hospital, but I had um ripped all my stitches open. I now know. Oh my goodness! That I had just undid their fixing of the mistake that they did. Oh my so. gosh. Ugh, so what did you do? Like, how did you figure that out and everything? And then what did you so, do after that? <laughs> so at my, like, two-day checkup or four-day or whatever, you know, how they, like, have you come back into the hospital a million times. Um, at, at my checkup, postpartum checkup, they, I was like, listen, I'm in so much pain. It's not going away. Um, I really think that you need to check me. And that, that OB was like, oh, totally. It says here that, that the intern stitched you back up. So I was going to check you anyway. Um, which I had no idea that that was the situation, but, um, she checked me and she was like, oh yeah, you ripped all your stitches open and, um, but your, your body's already starting to heal that way. So they told me that they needed to let me finish healing for a full four to six weeks and then repair the opening surgically oh, afterwards. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that's so frustrating, especially since, you know, you were so young, so, like, you probably didn't know that you could like demand them to check you before you left and be yeah. like, no, something is wrong. Like you need to check me instead of having them be like, Oh no, it's like normal to, to be in pain. Like what? Mm -hmm. they, yeah. Uh, oh man. And, okay. and my mom, I had kind of asked my mom, like how much pain should I be expecting? And she had had I'm her oldest and I was an emergency C-section and then she just had C-sections every time after that. So she, mm, so she had know. never had a vaginal birth. So she had no idea mm -hmm. what I should expect from yeah. that. Mm -hmm. So um, a month later, my husband came home from his whole nine months away and um like this sounds so crass, but I was out of commission because um, not only because I just had a baby, but because I had to recover fully. Yeah. Um, and then they had to, um, uh, after I was fully healed, they had to cut away all of the scar tissue and then close it back up. Um, so, yeah called a perineal plasty essentially i've had plastic surgery um fun fun little fact but not so yeah. fun <laughs> right Ugh. um yeah so then that was like six to eight weeks of more recovery after that so did you this is kind of like a personal question probably, <laughs> but, um, so did you like ever feel normal? Like after all of that down there, or like, like, do you feel like you recovered? Um, did you eventually, um, yeah. 
I'm like, I feel like she's seven now. And I feel like it took a good solid like five years, honestly. Wow. Oh my um, gosh. Just because of like, like numbness. And then also like, sometimes there's pulling it's just rough um mm. yeah wow not not All ever for the something same. that's like so unnecessary you know what I mean like yes. I feel like at that point it probably would have just been better to give you a c-section versus mm-hmm. like just cutting you like that yeah like that doesn't make sense to me like <sighs> Wow. It it uh, it doesn't make any sense to me either. If that makes you feel any better, <laughs> oh my gosh, um, yeah. So, oh. so how were you yes. like mentally like going through all of that? Like, because I feel like stuff like that. Like, were you okay, or did you um, have like stuff you had to deal with through that? That was definitely my hardest um, postpartum mental kind of period I feel like um yeah it was just the combination of processing all of that um dealing with like the physical kind of pain aspect and then also I had just spent nine months away from my husband and it took you know like three or four more months to be intimate and that was really hard for mm-hmm. our marriage in general I think yeah. and then on top of that um military spouses will completely understand it is really hard kind of like relinquishing the control of being um independent after a deployment especially in this situation, I had to all of a sudden be a mom. And Mm -hmm. so I was figuring out how to be a mom, but I was figuring out how to be a mom, like a single mom. Yeah. And, And so then suddenly I'm having to share this baby and, um, you know, like readjust essentially to living together. Mm-hmm. And it was just all around very, very hard. Mm. Yeah, I bet. Oh, man. So was your husband, like, understanding? Like, I mean, I I would hope. <laughs> like, with oh, yeah. all that you went through, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. It was probably my, really hard for my him, husband. too. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, so, sometimes he'll be like, yep, I've done it for, like, I've, I've, um, gone without my, my wife for over a year before. So anything is easy after that kind of. (laughs) Yeah, I bet. Um, man, but yeah, he, he's, he's so sweet and easygoing just in general. And sometimes I'm not about things. So (laughs) that's a perfect match, but yes, he was so sweet. Oh, that's good. Whew, man. So after all of that and, you know, that recovery and another surgery and a recovery again, and how did you dare to go on and get pregnant again? Like, was that a hard <laughs> choice or 
What did that look like for you? So as I'm as I'm retelling this story, I am in my head like I am a crazy person for <laughs> having another baby. Like yeah. Uh, but but yeah, I I wanted I've always wanted kids and lots of kids and they're they're so amazing just to have kids is like the most incredible thing mm-hmm. on the planet so um I think we just kind of knew that we wanted more kids so um our daughter was like one and a half ish when we got pregnant again um but we had lost that baby like two weeks after we found out that we were pregnant um and I knew that like pregnancy loss was a thing obviously um but I kind of had my men my mentality was I've already had a whole baby so I'm good you know like I just I'm not the kind of um like my body doesn't lose babies it'll be I'll be great so it was it was like a blind side, like, oh, wait. Yeah. That's not how it works. Um, so we lost that baby. And then I don't even think that I had a cycle before we got pregnant again. It was like a wild little roller coaster, that one. Um, but, yep, that's... Baby number two is on the way. So, so did, were you living in the same place, and did you choose the same, like, medical providers or go to the same? I know you said with military, it's kind of like you don't have a ton of options. So what did that look like for your second pregnancy? Yeah. So for my second pregnancy, I was we were in New York. So technically, according to the military, we were in New York the entire time. But because I went down to live with my parents, um that whole my entire care for my oldest was down in Virginia like Maryland Virginia area um so my second baby it was a different hospital it was still technically the military OB but it was in New York so different hospital different providers all that kind of all that kind of stuff so how was your second pregnancy? Was it similar to the first one as far as like how you felt and everything? Um, yeah, I, I still had morning sickness. I've had, I've been sick with all of my pregnancies in different ways. Um, but my, my second pregnant or my second baby, I should say, um, I just wouldn't eat it if it didn't sound good. Like I like I felt like I learned my lesson with my first one, not being able to keep anything down. Mm-hmm. So then my second one, I was like, if it doesn't sound 100% wonderful, I'm just not going to eat it. <laughs> so um, I threw up less, but I was just as nauseous, I would say. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much the only... The only wild symptom, I'd say. Mm-hmm. So how is it going, like, prepping for birth again during your second pregnancy with all that had happened with your first? Like, how did you navigate that, and what did you 
kind of choose for that? So um, when I was pregnant with her, um, the... I, the, the provider that I had seen most, cause you know, it's like a different provider every time, but the one that I kind of kept seeing, um, a couple times throughout my pregnancy was an older, um, was an older gentleman. And he kind of brought up every time that I saw him, like, you do not have to do this again. You can just have a C-section and we will make that like like you can just have a C-section and you won't have to deal with any of it again. And um, I think at the time that felt right for me mentally mm-hmm. um, just because the whole recovery with my first one felt so traumatic that um, I was kind of feeling like, if I know exactly what's going to happen in the second, you know, this time with a C-section, if I know exactly how it's going to go down, then it, it didn't seem so scary. Yeah. So, so yeah. And, um, my husband kind of had only ever seen the postpartum side mm-hmm. of the first one because he was gone the entire time. So, he was like, yeah, if this is going to be easier for you, I am all for it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't blame you. (laughs) Uh. So, um, so yeah, she ended up being a C-section, a planned C-section at 39 weeks. So how was the, the surgery then? Um, it was, it was a breeze on, honestly, this is, yeah. <laughs> um, it and the recovery compared to my first one felt so much easier. Um, mm-hmm. oh, I bet. Just cause, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can imagine. And immediately afterwards, I remember being like, it, is this how recovery is supposed to be with like a vaginal birth? Cause I feel amazing. Like mm-hmm. I'm walking around and yeah, like not as much pain for sure. Yeah. Um, oh, I bet. <laughs> I, mean, I know I, some people I have will... harder recoveries with C-sections, but my C-section yeah. recovery was really, really easy. So I can relate yeah. to that. <laughs> yeah. I will say, though, like, immediately postpartum, they put me on a Percocet, I think, something, one of those, one of those really heavy painkillers, and so the first 24 hours of breastfeeding was, like, such a struggle because I just could not lift my head, yeah. I felt like, at all, mm-hmm. very sluggish. Um, first 24 hours with her. Yeah. But were you able to then go on and breastfeed fine after that? Um, yeah, for, for a while. I breastfed my first until she was like 14 months. Um, and then this baby, when I, when she was only four months old, I had, I had gotten like a double kidney infection. 
and was in the hospital for two days and produced absolutely nothing um, that entire time. Like I was using the hospital pump um, and nothing was happening. So she, we only breastfed her until she was like four, four months old. But um, immediately it was pretty successful for a oh, little that's bit. good. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so that was good that you had a good experience with that, that C-section. And obviously that was the right decision. <laughs> I, I totally don't blame you for choosing that. Like, I think I would do the same thing after such a traumatic first experience. Um, did you like do any, at this point, had you kind of like done any research on birth or did you know like any different or like know that what happened to you wasn't like okay or did you still just kind of think like it was fine or that's just how it goes? (laughs) Um, no, I think that, um, I think that at that point I still kind of felt like, well, this is just how vaginal births are. Mm -hmm. Um, which obviously is not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think at that point I was like, C-sections are just always easier because this is how all vaginal births turn out. Um, I was, you know, wrong, but in thinking mm-hmm. this, but that, that was kind of, I think, I think that was honestly my brain trying to protect myself oh, yeah. for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I do remember feeling like shocked every time someone was shocked when I told them my birth story with my first one. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. I'm like, yeah, but, yeah, but it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. So how was your, I mean, obviously your physical recovery with your C-section was easier I'm yeah. assuming your mental recovery was probably easier as well. Um, yeah, it was definitely a little easier. I, I would still say that like I had some postpartum like baby blues kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um because I think I always after I had her, I did second guess to myself like is my, is our relationship going to be any different? Like, cause I didn't have a vaginal birth. Does that somehow change the, like the chemistry of how much I love her? Mm. Um, which it doesn't, I still love her an insane amount. Yeah, uh, totally. More, more than any human, you mm-hmm. know, any other relationship, but, but yeah. yeah. So with that birth, were you able to, like, have, like, see her immediately or, like, have skin-to-skin in the OR or anything like that? Or were uh, you separated yes. for a while? I I am pretty I am pretty relieved by that. That, that hospital after a C-section was very, very much like, okay, now you're just going to hold your baby this entire time now. So, oh, good. Um, 
I mean, while they were stitching me up, they were kind of like, okay, dad, you hold baby for just a minute. Cause my husband was able to be there for that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but, but for the most part, it was like on my chest, dad held her for a little bit and then immediately back on my chest in the, that's good. Like immediate recovery room before they mm-hmm. brought me to my regular room. Yeah. Yeah. That's so important for bonding. So that's yeah. awesome that they were, they were like that because <laughs> some mm-hmm. places aren't. It's like, I'm always appalled when I hear moms having C-sections and then it's like the baby, Not- like they don't get to hold their babies for hours and hours. And it's like, what Ugh. in the world? Like, I don't understand. Yes. Like Does why? That shouldn't be the case. Yes. No, not at all. Oh, I'm so glad you had that. <laughs> um, so a funny little, funny little side note kind of story. My, our first daughter is very light skinned, blonde hair, blue eyes. My husband and I are both blonde hair, blue eyes. Um, and then my, when our second daughter came out, she had dark curly hair, like extremely curly. She still has curly hair. It looked like mm-hmm. a little like a little fro, like the tiniest, <laughs> tightest curls. And my husband was like, she has dark curly hair in the OR. And I was like, did you watch her come out? Because it was like mind blowing news. <laughs> like, how did we, yeah. how did we create this person? She's, <laughs> she's in that. Oh, cute. So do you have anything else from that second experience you want to share? Um, I don't think so. Okay. So then how long until you got pregnant with your third? Um, so, um, let's see. She, our second daughter was probably like right around two when we got pregnant again. Um, I will say I was completely against having more babies after her. Um, I was like, all right, we've got two. I think I'm okay, which is the opposite of how I had felt pretty much all of the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was convinced that we were done, and my husband was like, no, I think you're going to change your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so he fought me on it for a long time, and then he had a vasectomy scheduled um, that COVID canceled. Like when the world shut down for COVID, his vasectomy Mm -hmm. was canceled. Um, And then almost immediately we were pregnant, completely by surprise for both of us. (laughs) Um, So we were, we were pregnant with that, um, that baby. But in our first um, doctor's appointment at 11 weeks, we had discovered that um, she had stopped growing a couple weeks before, so that was our second loss. Um, and, of course, I was distraught, mostly because I think um, after we had discovered that we were pregnant, I was so sad. I cried for like a week straight because I did it. I hadn't wanted any more babies. Um, mm-hmm. And so it was very disappointing to me that we had gotten pregnant. And then when we lost that baby, you know, I had come around obviously. 
um, and was starting to plan plan my life with baby number three. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when we lost her, it was really, really tough. Um, yeah. Yeah. But um, my my husband left again the the next day, like the day after um, that baby had actually passed. Um, so they had to put me, like, give me a, a pill to help my body expel, um, that baby. And it, it felt like contractions, like with my first Mm -hmm. one. Um, and then I, I think that I'm sure it was grieving, but I felt like all of the surge of hormone drops after um, having the baby and my husband was gone for that too. Mm-hmm. Um, so another another hard thing, but I think that um, God really used that to change my whole perspective on more babies. Um, not that he made me lose that baby, but that he doesn't waste anything. And, um, that was definitely how he used that was Mm -hmm. to just soften my heart to more children. Mm -hmm. Um, So how long after that loss did, did you get pregnant again? Um, it was a little over a year, I think. So that loss was in like the very beginning of September. Um, and then we got pregnant. Maybe it wasn't even that long. Yeah. No, it was like a whole year. Sorry. I'm like in my, in my head doing math. Mm-hmm. It's um, okay. Not the following February, but the February after. So a year and a couple months, mm-hmm. um, we got pregnant again, mostly because he was away um, at a training, and then we moved immediately after that. Um, yeah, and then we got pregnant probably right around Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so November. It was a November baby. So how did this this pregnancy go? Did you just plan on doing another C-section then and um yeah, I that was that was my plan. I think in my head I was like, okay, so I've had a C-section, so now I'm just a I'm just a C-section mom. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, that was that was my plan. Same kind of OB in the military hospital now in North Carolina. Um, yeah, was my plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was sick again with him, but only if I was hungry because this one was a boy. I don't know if that makes a difference, really. You know how people say, like, you're less sick with a boy mm-hmm. than with a girl? But... Um, yeah, I, it was it was the case, but 
still a little. It was just different. Yeah. Yeah, I've noticed a difference in my boys' and girls' pregnancies. Not necessarily, like, what the old wives' tales are or anything, but I do I do notice um, so far. I, you know, I have two and two, and I do notice a difference for sure. So I think that can play play a part in, in it for some people. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and I really craved potatoes. I don't know... <laughs> what the science is behind that exactly but (laughs) potatoes like plain baked potatoes with butter where it was my jam funny so not exactly a healthy diet (laughs) (laughs) oh that's funny it's funny how how sometimes our bodies just like want these random things (laughs) (laughs) so with my boys I crave buffalo sauce like I want buffalo wings buffalo sauce and then like spicy like jalapenos I'm like my whole pregnancy I just like eat buffalo sauce and jalapenos on everything like everything (laughs) it's so weird did you have heartburn that sounds like heartburn to me no I didn't I had it a little bit towards the end with my last pregnancy but no I've never had heartburn in my pregnancies so I guess I'm lucky (laughs) yes I think I had heartburn with all of them just Uh. at different times like creeps in sooner and sooner each time yeah, ugh. yeah. I, I think Next it's probably t- pretty common. Yeah. Yeah. Next time I'll be like, know that I'm pregnant, pretty much, because I've got heartburn. The heartburn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, how was um, like going into this birth? Did you feel like just you, to breathe? Was it wasn't like scary or anything? Now that you've gone through it already one other time, or how was that? Yeah. Um, I was. Um, it, I think with this baby, it was just all excitement because mm-hmm. I had, I knew how everything was going to go down. Um, mm-hmm. yep. I kind of knew the situation. Um, when I was probably like 35, 36, maybe weeks pregnant, um, one of the doctors that I had seen in the office was actually a midwife cause they've. Here at this military hospital, they've got a mix of OBs and midwives in their mm-hmm. um, OB clinic. And I had seen one of the midwives, and she was like, she was the first medical professional that had sat me down and was kind of like, this was wrong, and I am so sorry for what happened Aww. to you in your first oh, birth. That's awesome. and it was very sweet and also kind of shocking, I think, to me. So mm-hmm. I was like, wait a minute. You're right. That that was not right. Um, yeah. And my mom had started training to become a midwife at that point. And so she was like, no, you don't understand. Like, it was so many things that they could have done to help you prevent all of this, mm-hmm. all of these outcomes. Um, and she had told me the OB or the midwife had told me, you know, if you want a VBAC, we can give it to you. And I remember, um, I wrestled with that for a really long time because mm-hmm. 
I had really wanted a natural birth with my first one. Um, but most, mostly my husband was kind of like, but, um, the recovery was so terrible. Why would you, why would you want this? Um, and I think that there were probably just a couple people being like, I mean, I'm sure that you could, but this was really easy. So, Uh um, I went for the C-section and I think now in hindsight, um, I've been doing birth photography and, um, I've been in so a couple births now where I'm just like, wow, it does not have to be this way. It could have been so much easier. So I think, I think now my perspective is, um, if we got pregnant again, I would, I would look into a VBAC a little bit more. But the midwife was so sweet, and I remember feeling so empowered by the thought of being able to have a VBAC. Yeah, I love that. She was the one that brought it up, too, right? Yeah. Is That's what it sounds like? Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That sounds – that's really cool that she was – would have been supportive of that and, you know, made sure that you knew you had choices because that's, yes. like, so important. You know, not a lot of people know that. Um like yeah. I, I've heard so many VBAC stories of moms that were like, I didn't even know I could have a VBAC, you know? <laughs> yes. And, yeah. Yes. I definitely did fight for it. So yes. Awesome. I definitely did not even think that that was an option for me. Mm-hmm. Um, when I, when the, the doctor had told me that I could or should have a C-section when I was pregnant with my second one, he made it seem like, if I gave birth vaginally again, the baby would get stuck or they would have to cut me again or, Ugh. um, which I think now I recognize that as all scare tactics. Like he, oh, yeah, totally. He really kind of scare used my trauma to scare me into a C-section. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and then I kind of felt like I didn't have any other options, but this was definitely the first time where I kind of paused and thought, wait a minute, I don't have to just do whatever the medical system says that I should do just because that's what they want me to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But obviously you went ahead and just scheduled the C-section then. Yep. Um, I scheduled the C-section. The next time I met with somebody, it was an OB and she was like, are you sure? Like, C-section is so much easier because I had questions then. Uh, by the next appointment, I was like, okay, now I have a list of questions to ask. And she was like, N- this is just going to be so much easier for you. So, oh, shoot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I had I had another C-section. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I mean, not, was... not that that's bad. Like I'm not meaning by me saying, no. oh shoot, I'm not, I'm not meaning that no. like it's bad that you chose that or anything. I'm just meaning like the fact that you had a, a provider that was giving you the options and kind of encouraging you that you could do one thing and then you kind of started to explore it or consider it and then another provider to be like, oh no, don't do that. It's just way easier to do it this way. And maybe it is like my, my first vaginal birth like was my my recovery was harder than my C-section recovery for sure. But mm-hmm. like the experience was 
way better. So like, I'm not saying like one way or another is, is better. You know, it's, it's everybody's own individual choice and everything, but, um, but yeah, to, oh, yeah. to have someone kind of like, like talk, not really talk you out of it, but to like, you know, you had questions and instead of just like answering your questions, yes. being like, <laughs> are you sure that's what you want to do? Like just answer no, the yes. woman's questions, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> make no, her absolutely. <laughs> I I completely agree because because hindsight is twenty twenty and I um I I don't know I think sometimes when you're in the moment you're like I don't know at least for me it's easier to just be pushed over I think um, but in hindsight I should have been like okay but I'm gonna do my own research now and yeah. I just did it yeah. yeah. Well, again, that's one of those situations where, you know, like the more you know, the more you know, and you know to, you know, if there is a next time, then you know what you can do next time. Or, you know, if you don't have any more babies and you know someone that's in a similar predicament as you, then, Mm -hmm. you know, your voice can be used to kind of encourage someone else to maybe make a different choice. And, you know, I just, I don't think any experience is wasted, you know, like you had mentioned before. Yeah. Totally. Um, yes, absolutely. And and um, when he was born, he he was on the bigger side. So I don't know if, I mean, we will we will never know on this side of heaven. But I I do sometimes wonder too. Like, was I so easily convinced back into a C section because that was the right outcome? for Mm -hmm. my labor maybe maybe not I you know it could have been yeah but yeah yeah so did that c-section go well and how was that recovery Um, yes so I would say we had success in that we have a healthy baby um he was bigger I I do remember a lot more of a struggle in that c-section than in the last one getting him out I mean i I've I felt their hands and like him all the way up to my rib cage. I felt like, wow. um, you know how like uh, when you have a C-section because you've had one um, and maybe some people listening will understand that you like it's numb, but you also still feel stuff mm-hmm. on the inside. Yeah, it's, yep. Mm-hmm. So, so weird. It's such a weird feeling, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, I I felt them so high. Like every once in a while, them pushing would take would take my breath away. Um, wow. And he was a whole pound heavier than what they estimated. So um, he was nine pounds and three ounces. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were like, oh, maybe like a cute little seven pound baby. And then they pulled him out, and they were like, nope. He's massive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but they had, they had, they did tell me that like he was wearing the, he was wearing the umbilical cord like a necklace, like it was around his, his neck. Um, but he was healthy. He, he didn't cry at first though. That was the, that was one thing that I remember. And then when he did, it was so soft. But he's always mm-hmm. had a softer, like a more gentler cry. I don't know how to explain mm-hmm. that other than he was just a 
gentle crier. It was <laughs> worrisome to me, but everybody was like, nope, I think this is just his cry. Yeah. So you've had each of your babies in a different hospital, is that correct? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So was this hospital also like supportive of the immediate skin to skin and everything? Um, not so much. No, oh, not, shoot. not nearly as much as the, as the last one. Um, they, they let me like see him, you know, up by my, up by my face. Um, but then, uh, dad or not dad. So my, my husband was also gone for this baby as well. So <laughs> that, that's a, that's, that's that too. He was at away at a, at a training at the time. So, um, that he couldn't get out of. So my mom was there again, but she, you know, like they let me, they let, um, my mom hold baby up to my face while they were closing. And then, um, but then she carried him over to the recovery room. So I didn't hold him until they were finished, Mm. but. But it wasn't, I mean, I don't remember it being hours or anything. It was just. Yeah. 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 Did you notice a difference at all with like the bonding experience or do you feel like you still were able to bond pretty well? I think I was still able to bond pretty well. He was like an immediate latcher as well. Mm -hmm. He, I, I, I don't know if he was just starving at that point or if it's a boy thing. But he was, he was immediately like, put, put it in my mouth. I'm starving. Yeah. I've noticed that with my, my two boys for sure. (laughs) But I I don't, yeah. So that's how it's been for me. I don't know about every boy ever, but, um, (laughs) yep. (laughs) Yes. So, so he's also been, been a fantastic nurser. Um, Mm, probably the easiest nursing situation than with any of the rest of them Mm, that's a blessing yeah so was your recovery with this second c-section okay or was it a little harder or how did that go um yes I I think that I think that it was okay like the physical recovery wise was the same as my last c-section um I was like alone with him in the hospital for a while because my husband was gone and my mom had to go watch my other two kiddos like overnight and stuff. Um, but I honestly just, I feel like that made our relationship so sweet mm-hmm. in those, yeah. in those early weeks, you know, cause mm-hmm. it was just the two of us those first couple days. I do yeah. obviously wish that my husband could have shared in that, but, um, but yeah, it was just a different kind of sweetness, I think. Yeah. Mm. So what about mentally? Did you feel like you had any postpartum stuff with this one? I think that he was my easiest recovery mentally too. Mm. Um, I, I, I I have a theory that it's like the girl hormones versus the boy hormones. Um, I don't know. I just felt like hormonally with him, I was totally even 
and leveled out even during my pregnancy. I wasn't so emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, even to the point while I was pregnant with him where I was like, I think I may feel nothing, but, um, <laughs> which <laughs> probably isn't healthy either, but just, it was different. It was mm-hmm. definitely different, but, um, but postpartum wise, I, that was the first time that I felt like, I don't think I have any postpartum. I just feel great. Mm, with him. That's good. That's a blessing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, do you have anything else from that story that you want to share or? Um, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, my husband came home and it was much easier to share him because I had been used to being a mom at that point. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and sharing my kids. I think with my first, when he came home after being gone, that was the hardest part was like, but this is my, but this is my baby. Um, <laughs> yeah. But now they were our kids. So that was different. Yeah. But it was all good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, well, it sounds like you've learned a lot through your experiences. Um, do you feel like there's something that you've learned that stands out like the most with what you've been through? Oh, yeah. Um, I feel like what stands out the most is just um, when you're pregnant for that first time or, I mean, every time, just educate yourself about what you can turn down Mm -hmm. and what birth should look like in a perfect world Um, because knowledge is power and Mm -hmm. um, as a mom we should I feel like we should have that that power to be able to know what to expect and what looks normal and mm-hmm. um, what to say, like the right questions to ask your provider to, like, mm-hmm. why are we doing this? What is the rush? Kind of, kind yeah. of questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've heard some advice that I heard on a on a different podcast um, was that like if. I mean, obviously your situation is a little different because they just cut you without asking or, you know, whatever. But like when doctors are starting to bring up other interventions, like saying, okay, well, we need to do this next. And you're like, a lot of times when we're like right there in the moment in labor, especially like we don't have time to think or process, um, like what they're actually saying and what they're about to do and all of that. So like if you know, if they're saying, okay, now it's time to move on to the next thing. One thing that you can do is say like, okay, can you give me a second to pray? And like a lot of times, like providers and nurses and stuff will respect that. They'll respect your, um, you know, that you're asking like to pray because, you know, that's kind of a more sacred thing. And when, if they'll like give you that time, then you can, you know, you can pray, obviously, <laughs> but like take that, take a little bit of time to process and, and you know, is this what we want to do? Like, you know, and, and even if that is something that you're going to eventually do, you can also 
ask, well, can we wait an hour, you know, or can we wait 30 minutes, you know, because even a little bit of time can make such a big difference when it comes to, you know, doing the next thing instead of rushing everything. And, you know, if your baby's heart rate is good, if you're good, you know, there's no real reason that you see that is like emergent, then you absolutely have time. There's no, you know, no time clock on birth. I know doctors like to put a time clock, but, you know, to ask to take that time is totally fine and totally reasonable. And yeah, I just think that that's something that's so important to, um, to do, you know, when you're in kind of an induction sort of situation because there's no rush and even with with being fully dilated just because you're 10 centimeters doesn't mean you have to push (laughs) you know like some people will sit at 10 centimeters for a long time and wait for their body to start to push and sometimes that's an hour sometimes it's two hours like you know I've heard stories of women you know being at 10 centimeters and laboring down and eventually you know then they know that they're ready to push and yeah it's Time is so important in birth, <laughs> like so important. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. So. Yes. So thank you for for sharing your story, especially you know your first one with you know all the things that happened. I think that that can empower so many other women to know like, oh, okay, well if this is something that can happen. I need to like be prepared for that scenario and you know hopefully that's not something that's super common or something that's not gonna like not happening all the time but um, knowing that it does happen can empower someone to then go on and and you know make sure they put that in their birth plan and make sure that they can advocate for themselves or you know make sure their partner knows like I do not want to be cut (laughs) or like I don't want Mm -hmm. this or I don't want that and then you know make sure I mean, even if you just want to be annoying and every time a nurse comes in your room, be like, um, by the way, we do, we do not want an episiotomy. We want informed consent. <laughs> you know, we want this stuff. Like, yes. like you know, tell me, just tell me before you do anything. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it should be standard practice. And I would hope that most, you know, medical staff are going to do that, but some don't. <laughs> so it's like yes. unfortunate that you do have to kind of be on guard and, you know, when going into that situation, but it's better to be on guard and prepared than to not and have something like that happen. You know, you just, preparation is so important. So thank you for sharing your story. And it, 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 as much as it sucks that you went through it, um, I know that it can be empowering to other women to hear that. Oh yeah. No, they have choices. Yep. Yes. I definitely want other women to like if, if you could learn one thing from me, I guess, just to not only to be informed, but also like th- these are some of, not all of, but s- some of the worst case scenarios. So stick up for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if that looks yeah. like, if that looks like um, being informed about things and like evidence-based birth, you know, like reading things and knowing all of the things and having your partner stick up for you, then do it. But a doula is also like, Oh yeah. So helpful. I mean, you can think, you know, all the things, but your doula knows more. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, no, I think that, yeah. Doulas can be so 
important too in those scenarios for sure. Mm. Well, did you have any resources that you wanted to share besides evidence-based birth? Did you have anything that you used to help prepare you for your births or your C-sections or? Um, there was a book that I used like for essential oil knowledge. Um, I think it was called like pregnancy and childbirth, um, with essential oils. Um, I don't remember the title exactly, man, I should have written that down, but it was basically, it was basically like a list of, um, essential oils and how you can use them and you could look it up by symptom. Sorry, my, my, um, my youngest one is throwing a temper tantrum because he can't go outside downstairs. Oh, it's okay. Um, But you could look up by symptom or by situation during labor and it gave a list of like oils to use and um what they did and that was that is just a resource that I even use now because it had like a baby section Mm -hmm. um in it but yeah if you're interested in essential oils to definitely get a book that tells you what to do Mm -hmm. okay well if you remember the title and want to send me that I can put it in the show notes yes I will look it up yeah (laughs) okay well thank you again for coming on and sharing your stories and yeah yeah, I'm I'm glad that you are able to share and and learn from those experiences and be empowered by them (laughs) (laughs) yes thanks for having me thank you so much for listening I hope that you were encouraged in some way through this story As a reminder, please rate and review our podcast, and you can connect with us on social media at Birth Journeys Podcast. For more information or to share your own story, please visit birthjourneyspodcast.com and fill out the brief questionnaire. See you next time.